Good Healing Networks once again, and I have Princess Lakshman. Princess, how are you? Very well, thank you, Florida. How are you? Good, good. Thank you so much for jumping on um, an Uncommon Dialogue. I'm very interested to know about you and your story and the wonderful work that you're doing. Thank you, Florida. I'm all yours for however many minutes and hours you want me. I'm really grateful for the opportunity. Thank you. That's okay. You're absolutely welcome. And I'm just as grateful for you sharing um, yourself and your beautiful work. Um, Princess, can you talk to me about, I suppose, what it is that you're currently doing and how you got here? How did you get to do what you're doing now? Great. Okay. Thank you for asking me that. It's a, it has been a, a huge journey for me, but I'll start with what I do now. So I am a freelance uh, writer and I also uh, um, facilitate workshops where I teach people on how to use writing for therapy. Um, and it's for mental wealth, uh, mental well-being and um, wellness for the workplace as well. Um, I also design these workshops in a way where, um, you know, I get the participants to experience writing um, from, you know, um, using all five senses and also a lot of imagery as well. And uh, the reason I do this sort of work is that in my own personal journey, um, I have found a lot of healing through writing and that was um, physical healing from a brain tumour as well as um, a lot of emotional healing from trauma and abuse in my uh, right from childhood and in my previous marriage as well. So a lot has really resolved in terms of finding clarity finding healing, a lot has been resolved for me in my personal life through the actual physical act of handwriting. Um, and, and so I, I really want to share that with people and I started doing that and really uh, grateful to my creator that I'm able to do that successfully. I'm also studying um, nutrition and dietetic medicines bachelor degree to add to the workshops that I do. Um, I, I normally focus on workshops um, with the women in my community, children. I do have um, clients who um, are males and couples as well, but I try and focus more on women's health and well-being. So, yeah, in a nutshell, that that's uh, what I do, Florida. You mentioned something earlier there, uh, Princess, about... Um, going through certain situations that may have been, you know, painful or traumatic for your childhood and and later on. Is that something that you feel comfortable in sharing with us so um, anyone that's listening can understand your why um, and why healing is important for you? Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for have, giving me the opportunity to speak about it. And um, it is quite a, um, a confronting thing to have in your life and, and also to be able to talk about it. It took me many years. So I'm 43 next month, but it took me, um, I, it wasn't until I was 33 that I was actually able to voice um, what I was feeling and what I was suppressing for that many years. And it took a brain tumor to grow in my head for me to 
question my existence and uh, you know question why I'm here and and of course that led me to this um, this place where there was a woman who was in a Baptist church and she um, she was a counselor as well and she helped me through a healing process where she she asked me she said princess what gives you joy in life what do you love to do and I said I'm a writer I love to write and at the time I was a, a you know I published my first novel and I was uh, writing for a few magazines but I never took writing um, to confront my own issues because I, I wasn't even aware that my aggressive behavior at the time or my uh, the, the self-sabotaging behaviors that I had and uh, the, the kind of abusive environment that I was married into out of my own choice and that I was condoning. Um, it, I, I'd never allowed myself space and time to reflect on why I was behaving in a certain way. Um, even though my compass inside me kept disagreeing with the behaviors that I was displaying, I never actually paused to find out why I was behaving that way until the lady said to me, let's use your skill of writing for therapy purpose. And that's when it hit me. Wow, I am a writer and I love this and I'm going to actually use my writing to find answers for my problems and voila, that's all I needed. And it helped me understand that it's not my fault that I grew up in a family that condoned, perpetuated and practiced pedophilia. It's not my fault that my body was abused. It's not my fault that certain adults I trusted in my life betrayed my trust. I was able to, through writing, find clarity that my body that whatever I experienced through my sensory perceptions of my body was not me and that, you know, I could change how, was, how I was feeling. I could change my perceptions. I could change my, my behaviors because this was my life and I, I, I could let go of other people's negativity that was owning me to that point. And it was a huge empowerment. It was a complete turnaround for me. And the moment I had awareness, Florida, the moment I got that awareness that this was mine to choose and, and to design and not to just live on default mode and, and react to situations and, and um, feel so sinful and feel so uh, responsible for seeing other people's actions, you know. As soon as I had that awareness, my entire life changed. I was able to leave an abusive marriage. I was able to find healing. I, I took my daughter and I came back to Australia to live and, and you know, didn't have much to go with, um, had no support from my own kin, my own family members, had to start from completely nothing and, and just build life again. This was only as recently as December of 2011. And also in the process, I, I said to myself, you know, this is my time now to face my fears and really overcome them, embrace them and, and find a path that was suitable to me and my values. I'm very spiritual. 
but I also lacked a lot of moral guidance because of the environment that I grew up in. And I was yearning for, for answers in terms of morality. And I was yearning for answers in terms of justice. You know, how is justice going to be done to those who had wronged me when I was a child and, and all my other cousins? Because I grew up in an environment where um, pedophilia was the norm and it was intergenerational and the women in the family... Uh, condoned, perpetuated, and sometimes even facilitated such behaviours and uh, acts of immorality. And I thought, you know, I'm going to be true to my calling, my purpose, my truth. And um, it's not everybody's cup of chai. It's not everyone's truth, but this is my truth. And I was drawn to the faith of Islam, and I embraced and became Muslim. And the moment I became a Muslim, my blood relatives, the Lakshman family disowned me and my little child. And I thought, you know what, it's a blessing because I don't need that negativity anyway. And if this is my truth and people are not going to be joyful for my truth, then, then it's, you know, that's their doing. I'm, I don't want to have a part in, in it. So, you know what, though, I have blossomed since and, and I love my life. I'm more of service to... Um, women in my Muslim community and I see that as my purpose because I'm here to, um, you know, acknowledge that yes, I had a very negative experience but that doesn't define me. In fact, it empowers me to be of service to my creator's uh, plan for me, you know, and, and to completely surrender and and facilitate healing in some way for those who may have gone through what I have gone through or those who are still trapped and unaware of how they can uh, live life by design and not by default. I'm so sorry I'm, I'm giving you a mouthful, but that's, that's how I feel I'm able to um, you know, communicate right now about that experience. I, I hope uh, you don't mind me having such a long answer for you. Absolutely not. This is this is. I'm very grateful that you won that we won connected on Facebook somehow, and then you've participated in the Healing Networks group, which I'm very grateful for as well. And then just obviously us just randomly crossing paths online. I'm glad that we've gotten to a, a place where we're able to speak like this and for you to share your story. So you, you're very passionate, and I can feel that. And I can feel that you've done a lot of healing as well, which is a beautiful thing. If it's okay for me to ask, um, Princess, um, yes. so did you have a particular religion before you decided to become, uh, you know, to, decided to be where you are now and choose Islam? Yes. Um, so I grew up in a... Um, a very ritualistic uh, Hindu environment um, where um, morality wasn't given much emphasis, which is really the basis of any religion. Uh, it was more ritualistic and um, very dogmatic, in fact. Um, and um, I found that it didn't sit right with me and I did my own personal um, searching, you know, for many, many years. I was... Um, hopping from one spiritual path to another and gaining more and more knowledge from each and embracing uh, messages from each, uh, you know, path. And uh, there was still one question that wasn't answered and it had to do with justice. And because I'm yearning deeply for justice, the only book that gave me a clear answer on that was uh, the Quran. 
And um, I think that really did answer everything for me as soon as I found the answer to that one particular question. But like I said, Florida, everyone has their own spiritual journeys and we're all looking for that ultimate, you know, peace and joy in our life. And um, I found mine through Islam. Um, not everybody finds it through Islam and not everybody finds it through religion, to be honest. Um, so... Yeah, whilst I grew up in a very religiously ritualistic environment, which wasn't Islam, um, I actually am very much at peace now with Islam. Yeah. Princess, if it's all right for me to go there, that, that um, the trauma of what you went through as a child, you talked about it being generational. Was that a result of, him, uh, a, a, a I don't know, religion or was it just a result of like an internal family belief system that that was okay or where do you think that stemmed from? I think this is my personal opinion that when a person um, uh, practices a religion with a, a spiritual intention, I believe it's different from practicing a religion from a ritualistic intention. And I think that's what happened in my family where even though it was all about being Hindu, um, you know, or practicing Hinduism. And, and I know Hinduism to be quite peaceful in many ways. But what I found was that it was more ritualistic. But that, to me, that didn't really have a connection with the pedophilia. The pedophilia side is probably more a mental health issue where it really is quite deep-rooted. And people who do this to murder a child's innocence I don't understand why they do it. Yeah, another thing that I'd like to add to that is when someone does that kind of heinous act on a child and really murders their innocence, um, I believe that that child grows up um, and, and is fearful in a lot of ways and, and really doesn't have vocabulary to express what happened. And, you know, they live in shame and sometimes... Uh, the aggression and the shame can really turn them into abusers as well. And I know for a fact that while I didn't become a child molester, I still became someone who was quite abusive and aggressive. Um, a lot of uh, self-sabotaging and self-harming behaviours. So in my own family, it was, uh, you know, when I was molested, the, the person who molested me, I was five, he was nine, and at the same time, he was being molested by someone who was 15, who was being molested by someone who was 22. So it was all happening simultaneously. And it's quite sickening to acknowledge that that behavior, I guess I'm talking about it so openly, but I'm not surprised if there are other homes where this sort of thing happens. And I don't think it's uh, confined to any religion or any cultural background. I just think it has to do with... Uh, uh, people not speaking out and therefore that behavior condoned and tolerated and perpetuated in, in silence until somebody in the family decides this is enough and I'm going to now speak out and uh, break that cycle. And I, I believe I was the one who did that in my family and I'm very grateful to my creator for giving me the awareness and the voice to express it. And me also. How did your family respond to you breaking away and and speaking up? 
about about what happened? Um, not positively at all. In fact, it was highly negative. Um, people I trusted, people who gave birth to me, um, started a rumor that I was um, mentally unwell and I shouldn't be trusted and all the family members were warned to stay away from me because um, I was talking about something that should have been kept quiet about and um, a lot of victims in the family um, I reached out to so we could do a class action legally um, chose not to participate and said that they were going to, uh, they moved past it and they were going to heal in their own way. And fair enough, it's a very, very um, traumatic experience for any child and especially for adults who um, who have gone past or put a Band-Aid over that and don't want to deal with that trauma. And I, I respect that. I have nothing against it. Um, but, yes, it wasn't, it wasn't handled um, uh, very well by my own people and um, you know to the point where people called me names and um, they called me uh, mentally ill, schizophrenic, uh, a lot of terms that are quite derogatory and uh, basically it doesn't show my character, it reflects upon theirs and, um, and I pray for them that you know one day they find healing in themselves to acknowledge that what they've done is actually quite damaging to a lot of people and um, yeah, so it wasn't very well handled. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I know that, you know, you, you've mentioned as well, like um, that probably the tra trauma in your life probably didn't stop there and you did mention about being in an abusive relationship. Do you think that mm. it's been a result of just a childhood abuse as well? It was an ongoing thing. Um, you know, sometimes I suppose we can continue putting ourselves in traumatic situations because... It's been the norm? Yes, absolutely. You've hit the nail on the head. Um, because when a child grows up uh, in an abusive environment, then they're forever vigilant and forever expecting, uh, you know, some kind of abuse to happen. And when you live in that energy, um, you are constantly attracting that kind of abusive environment as well because you're constantly vigilant and expecting it. And I believe that I really um, attracted that energy and lived with that energy for many, many years, um, which led me to also go through a phase where I was um, abusive towards my own body and did not respect my own body and therefore chose uh, uh, to lead a lifestyle that was damaging to my body, such as, you know, abuse of alcohol or, um, uh, you know, abuse of uh, my body through a change in uh, sexual partners, etc. Um, I'm not proud of those actions, but they do not define me because they were done at a time when I wasn't even aware of the negative pattern and the negative energy that I was carrying. And um, it was only after awareness that I'm able to reflect on it now and, and think that you know, that's not the real me. The real me is someone who is pure in her soul. And it was very difficult for a very, very long time to say affirmations like I am beautiful or I love myself and I deserve respect, I deserve care, I deserve, uh, you know, um, love, understanding and, and uh, just a calm, peaceful life. I, I could not believe in those statements for many years because your mind is trained and conditioned to believe otherwise.
when at what point did you realize that what was happening in your marriage um, was just no longer serving you even though you would have known intuitively deep down along along the entire way that it wasn't when, when when was the light bulb moment what did it have to take for you to say to yourself I'm breaking free now Yes, it was uh, the time that I was diagnosed with the brain tumour and um, despite the diagnosis, I was beaten on the head and um, my little girl had to witness that and I think that was that moment where I was actually living a life that um, wasn't agreeing to my inner values and, and I knew intuitively, like you said, I knew what was happening for all these years was wrong. I even knew that I was to some extent punishing myself, um, thinking that I was at fault and therefore I should go through this and always trying to make excuses for um, abusers, you know, trying to, trying to think that, oh, he probably is doing this because I'm the one at fault. But, you know, no one deserves to be hit. No one deserves to be attacked. Um, and I... It was that night that I realized, um, you know, this isn't something that I deserve. And the next morning I called the police. After 10 years of being in the marriage, I called the police. And I, and I said to the police, uh, uh, you know, I, I got hit on the head and I've got a, a tumor diagnosis and I don't want my child to grow up thinking it's okay, especially when I was um, always quite vocal about women empowerment but I myself wasn't empowering myself. Um, and I thought, wow, what a, what a hypocrite. Why am I such a hypocrite? Why am I so weak to acknowledge that what's happening to me, in fact, is so uh, inappropriate and completely unacceptable? Why am I not waking up to this fact? And the moment I did, I, I called the police the next day. And, and you know what? I... Uh, even after that, when he got arrested, I actually went to the police station a few hours later to take back my complaint. Like I was in a in a reporter's remorse kind of mode where I thought, oh, shit, what have I done? Uh, you know, I've just complained about this man I'm married to and I shouldn't be. Culturally, I'm going to be disowned and people are going to think, what have I done? And And it did happen. All of those things did happen because culturally I was told I'd done the wrong thing and... His parents were very annoyed at me for calling the police. But I thought, when the police said to me, I'm sorry, Miss Lakshman, this is no longer your, your business. This is now about your safety, your child's safety. And no matter what you say to us to reverse the complaint, we, we're not going to do that. And I'm really grateful for, police, um, uh, for the police uh, in, in Auckland at the time we lived in New Zealand, for them to say that to me and to remind me that I deserved better. So, yeah. And I suppose you said that you came back to Australia. So did you leave Auckland then, Princess, to come to Australia and start fresh? Yes, because um, I, I, I was born in Fiji, a third-generation Indian born in Fiji. And my, the husband that I was married to back then, he was from India, and somehow he couldn't get a visa into Australia. So after my daughter was born in Sitluck, I went to India, got married, lived there for a while, and got pregnant. And when I came back to Sydney to deliver my baby, um, 
we found out that um, my ex-husband couldn't have a visa to come into Australia to join me. So we decided the next step would be to live somewhere close to Australia where he could have a visa to go to. And so New Zealand was our next bet. And we lived there for about four years and, uh, and then went back to India and came back to New Zealand again after a few years. And in 2011, um, October, when all of this happened, I just, you know, took my child and resettled in Australia without, because what the, the consequence of me reporting him to the police was that his parents wanted me out. They wanted him to get a new new wife who wouldn't call the police on him. So I was threatened and I thought, you know what, you can have anything you want, take everything. I, I struck a deal with him. I said, just don't touch me and my daughter. I'm going to go back to Australia. It's a better life for us there. And by that time, he was um, already seeing someone and he said to me, yeah, I want to start fresh. I want to have a new wife. I want to have a new life. I said, yep, good luck, mate. That's fine. As long as I'm, I've got my daughter, you can have everything. And I didn't have any any financial claim on him. We spent all our money on refurbishing his house in India. I did not put a claim on anything. I just wanted my daughter and I wanted my life back. I wanted my dignity back. I wanted to feel safe and I wanted that brain tumour out of my head. And the best place for me to be was my heart kept saying to me, you've got to start a new life back in Australia. But I chose Brisbane. I didn't choose Sydney where all my other blood relatives are. I chose Brisbane because... I thought new life and new energy and Brisbane is sunny and that's what I need. I need sun, I need healing, I need a fresh start. And my best friend lived, lived here at the time, so I came to her for support and it was wonderful, wonderful. Love that. That's, that's a beautiful outcome there. And yeah. I suppose, um, you know, Princess, so now that you're in Brisbane, and how long did it take for you to get to the point where you started doing workshops and things and, and your healing writing? Um, so um, I've been doing a lot of workshops since 2006, mm -hmm. but never to do with healing. It was all about just journaling and, you know, and getting people to journal, but never journaling for therapy. And it's a new twist after I left Auckland and I realised the lady who had helped me in Auckland to come face to face with uh, everything that had happened in my life and also to gain some courage to um, get out of the abusive relationship, I thought, wow, you know, my life has really changed ever since I've come to Australia. Uh, um, and in 2012, I really dedicated my life to design workshops and to start facilitating them and I started facilitating them very very seriously for about from I think end of 2012 I started with my own community and women and children and it just took off from there and I felt I felt like I was healing myself during the workshop too so it was wonderful it was a two-way thing I, not only was I facilitating a journaling session for others to find healing, but I was also finding my own healing by using my voice, by using my writing. It was, it was just sitting so well with my purpose. Um, and you've written a book, is that correct? It's a novel that I wrote in uh, 2003 and it was published in 2007. It's called um, The Girl Child. Um, so even though it's fiction, 
Um, it has a lot of truth in it from my own experiences. Um, reason I call it the girl child is it revolves around a character who struggles to find uh, acceptance. Uh, uh, she's pregnant and she, she's got people around her who's always telling her that she needs to bear a, a son and um, she grows up in a son-obsessed society and she marries into a family um, that is very son-obsessed as well and they want boys and they don't want to have girls. And in India, one of the one of the things that happens regularly is a female feticide, which is killing the child while she's growing in the womb just because she's a girl. And I took that premise and I and I wrote a, a fictional story around that. Uh, and yeah, it's it was very close to my my own life because when I was born, I was the second child. Um, well, the last child. My, my parents have two daughters. They don't have a son. So I was not treated fairly right from day one because um, they expected me to be a boy and they were quite disappointed when out came a very feisty girl. Mm -hmm. So they were not um, at all pleased. Um, and then I married into a family who constantly wanted a boy child. So it was a huge struggle. So I used that to... Um, write my novel and yeah and I'm working on my next book at the moment which is a memoir and I can't wait to finish that and, and submit that for publication. Yeah wow I'm excited to to see that so please um once once you're ready to release that let me know I'd love to see it and read it. Thank you um, thank you I will do. Yeah please do and you were also nominated for best screenwriter at some point as well is that right? Yes, it was a uh, an independent film festival in in Washington D.C. And when I was living in um, in India, there was a documentary filmmaker. He approached me. He was a Canadian Indian, and he he approached me and he said, um, "I like what you write, and will you write for my next um, film?" And um, it's it's a documentary feature. So um, I wrote uh, a screenplay for him about a girl who would. Uh, um, had a huge fall from a fourth-story fourth building and um, she was brain damaged and, and, you know, how she found her healing. And we I wrote a script around that and it was called um, Butterfly Wings mm. and that got nominated uh, in the category. I didn't win it, but I thought it was really lovely even to be acknowledged. It was my very first screenplay that I wrote, so it was a huge um, reward for me to feel that, I, you know, my writing was being appreciated. Princess, if there's anyone that's interested in your work or your workshops and want to connect with you, um, how can mm -hmm. they do so? So um, if they visit my website, um, I've got a few, but I'll give you two of them. So it's either www.princesslakshman.com or it's www.healingwordstherapy.com. Um, and my phone number in Australia is 0451977786. And I do journaling over the phone as well. I do phone sessions. I also do one-on-one. -on -one. If you're based in Brisbane, we can meet up and we can do it face-to-face. -face. I do joyful journaling sessions for the workplace where, you know, people can um, um, hire my services for their staff and we we do it as as a group. I also do it for couples um, to you know help them get some clarity in their marriage. So we can design it in any way uh, that suits the participant. Yeah. 
yeah. also for children. Um, yeah, and uh, I do live events on self-care and clarity of mind and uh, a lot of those self-care events are for women only and I put the posts up on my Facebook um, as well as all the other um, platforms that I have. I've got Princess R. Lakshman on Instagram. Um, Healing Words Therapy is also on Instagram. Um, yeah, that's probably it. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you so much, Princess, for sharing your story um, and where you've been and, and your healing journey. It's much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you so much, Florida. I'm very, very grateful to you and I love the work you do. Please keep up and, you know, more power to you, girl. I'm really, really proud of you. Mashallah. Thank you. Thank you.